When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. host of subjects football mental health films tv conspiracy theories writing wrestling serial killers music anything you can think of we've got new shoot uh, new show came out on friday which is uh, covering breaking bad series season one uh, as we build up for the release of el camino every wednesday we've got the andy campbell championship show where we cover the championship football with former premier league and championship striker andy campbell as well as uh, a new MMA show with former Cage Warriors champion Danny Batten starting next Sunday after UFC 243, 243, I think it is. I get, get confused, there's so many of them. So today's show is about wrestling. Generally, we're going to uh, talk to someone who's a relatively new name to some people, maybe, but he's uh, gaining a big reputation for himself as someone who's reliable and uh, interesting. He is the U.S. editor for TalkSport and one-third of the Pro Wrestle Show on TalkSport, Mr. Alex McCarthy. Welcome, Alex. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for having me on today, bud. No worries, mate. Look, looking forward to it. Looking forward to talking a bit of wrestling. It's been a, an interesting couple of weeks, to say the least. Yeah, there's, there's enough to talk about. <laughs> I've got to tell you. Yeah, so just before we get into that, um, just talk about you a little bit, just yeah. for the people who maybe don't know you. Or don't have, haven't come across you. Um, you are the US editor for Talksport. Obviously, they've dipped their Talksport have kind of dipped their toe into like wrestling podcasts before. Obviously, uh, the Gorilla Position was on Talksport too, I think, for a bit. Um, and you guys now with the Pro Wrestle Show were on there. How did how did that come about? Um, so it's a bit of a bit of a weird story in the sense that um, I worked at Give Me Sport. Okay, which is like a. Um, some people will be familiar with it if you have Facebook. They, they're yeah. generally all over that. They have like 26 million followers or something. So they I worked there for like three years, three or four years, and in the last 18 months there, I became their WWE editor um, because it just grew so much. Like the online hunger is is there, like in in the UK yeah. especially, it really is. So um, as the numbers grew, became a more prominent part of Gimme Sports Plan, and and that's where I sort of got my groundings uh, and that's where I gained the contacts um, working with WWE and, and things of that nature and I started doing my interviews I went to Wrestlemania's and SummerSlam's covered those um, in partnerships with people like 2k and uh, and others so it was that that's kind of where it started and, and then TalkSport approached me and said Do you want to come and, and be our US guy because in my give me sport days although and I will say this on my Twitter profile too that wrestling is my strong suit you know it's it's my passion um i i i do cover boxing and uh ufc and nba nba was my first job at give me sport in fact so um talk sport were like we need to we're expanding the website we want to come do that for us and through covering wrestling i knew john jackson and will gavin anyway the other two thirds of the pro wrestle show um who had been working for talk sport for a while um but talk sport never had someone that could complement that what was going on audio wise online. So I was kind of like the first person that could marry that up. Um, and, and that's how it really spawned. I, as soon as I joined TalkSport, the guy said, do you want to join the show? And I said, sure, why not? Like I'd, I'd had to leave behind my, my precious Give Me Support podcast that I was so proud to have built. But um, yeah, it's, it's been good ever since. As far as TalkSport goes, Guerrilla Position was there briefly. And the, yeah, the Pro Wrestle show, it doesn't actually have a slot on the radio timetable per se. It's just a podcast associated with TalkSport. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the next goals is, you know, in the new year, that's kind of what we're aiming towards to 
to have something on there because the the big bosses at Talksport are so pleased with how wrestling has grown. I mean, before I joined, I think so. Let's say between January and August in 2018, it did a grand total of like 10,000 clicks WWE for Talksport, and now we're close to nine million in the same period this year. So it just shows you that. As I said before, the hunger is 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 truly there, and and given the boom period we're in right now, it's only going to get better. Yeah, it's only going to get it's going to only get bigger now, isn't it? I mean, you, I was looking at like the uh, potential sort of timetable of wrestling per day, in a, you know, I think it's in about a month when everything sort of clicks into place. You'll have Raw Monday, AEW Wednesday with NXT Wednesday. I think Impact Tuesday. Thursday NXT UK, Friday SmackDown, and then that's without things like, you know, your Ring of Honors and your New Japan's and these other things. Plus, you have takeovers and pay-per-views and stuff on the weekend. It's going to be mad, and it's you're right. Wrestling fans generally have got uh, an insatiable need for stories and podcasts and interviews and news that. It is, you just see more and more, especially on Twitter, I've noticed over the last year, there's more uh, journalists than uh-huh. there's ever been. And um, I'm not going to name them because I don't want to give them the the publicity, as it were. But yeah. there's some, you know, there's some terrible ones who make it harder for people like yourself and, you know, Dave Meltzer or Sean Rossap or people like that who are genuinely trying to do things the right way um and then you've got others who are just after the clicks as it were and they just you know basically write any old shit to put it bluntly um that's got to be quite frustrating you know for for people like yourself and like i say the other guys i mentioned it definitely is um you know when you look at and again i don't want to lend credence to any of those names um who who you know, I've said enough about it on Twitter, so I, I don't want to do it anymore. But they essentially, anybody who's a half-educated fan could make predictions, right? Um, and you could say, oh, this guy, this person's going to come back here and it's going to be for this. And then if you're wrong, it, you know, it could be the old, as, as people like to attribute it to Meltzer, the old plans change. Um, but then every now and again, you're going to be right because if you know wrestling well enough, um, you, you will have a good idea of what's going on. Some of them, you know, it truly is embarrassing, really. Uh, and to be tired of that same brush, it's unfortunate. But there's, you know, I went to Double or Nothing, um, AEW's first show in Vegas. And I was in the press bit and there was like Bill Apter, Dave Meltzer. I was sitting next to Ryan Satin and Sean Ross Sapp was the first time I'd actually met him out there. Uh, like, like, as far as Ryan Satin and Sean Ross Sapp go, I speak to them every week. Um, and... It, there's kind of a, a community of of solid journalists there who who know and appreciate each other's work, and that's kind of how you know who who to follow and who to trust. I think because th- there are some real journalists out there. Like you know, Ryan Satin gets a lot of crap for the TMZ days sure. and and things like that. But you know, tell me a contract he's got wrong. He, he doesn't get them wrong. Do you know what I mean? Um, he, yeah. He, as far as those sources go, that I don't think that can really be disputed. I think Sean Rossap's probably the best. In, in the game today, a lot of people will say just out of pure uh, time, I guess, Meltzer. But I consider Meltzer like an historian. Uh, you know, he knows the business like the back of his hand. Nobody could ever dispute that. But um, some of his takes today, uh, you know, I was in Cardiff, where you are right now, um, yeah. for NXT TakeOver. And that's where I, I sat down with Triple H. And on, on and off camera, he, he, he laughed at the idea of Enzo and Cass uh, you know, about NXT yeah. trying to bring them back in. And really, Meltzer should know better than that. I feel like he does. It, it, like, I, I get told stuff on occasions, right? You don't run everything because no. you think, mm, you know, as, as, as a Triple H alluded to, why, why would this person be telling me that or be, you know, how realistic is it? What, what tangible proof is there? But again, it goes back to what you said. For some people, it will be, and I'm not saying Meltzer does this, but it will be of, you know, the the whole excitement of breaking news and getting clicks. Now, um, for some people, 
yeah, I, I keep saying some people. But, <laughs> I mean, we all know who I'm alluding to, really. Pearson. But yeah, that's that's who that that's that's their mo. They're trying to get shock value and they're trying to break stories. But um, I, I'm I'm more of an interviewer and somebody who will go to the events, get the news that people want. Uh, you won't often. I mean, I do hear things, but I won't often do spoilers per se. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's risky business. If you do, you won't see that many people doing it um, because it, how often does it turn out to be right? You can, there's so much uh, margin to be wrong. Right. Sure, but yeah. there is there is definitely a collection of journalists that people should trust today. Uh, you know, like I said, you, you, you said it yourself in my intro. A lot of people only might just be um, hearing about me now, kind of now that I'm on the platform of TalkSport and the interviews that I've done lately. But this, as I mentioned, has been quite a journey. You know, I'm, I'm like four years deep in this now. So it doesn't just happen overnight. Yeah. You, don't, you don't just start tweeting stuff and, and then all of a sudden you're like some sort of sensation. It's, there's a lot of work that goes into it. And you, you have to build, you know, a reputation. But it's like wrestlers and they say with fans, you have to build equity um, and, you know, prove to be reliable, prove that you can deliver good content. And those, are, you know, fans know who to trust, I think, in that regard. Yeah, and I think... Just going back to something you said uh, about Dave Meltzer, I always say that the thing with him is I find it difficult sometimes to differentiate opinion and what he's saying, you know, he's been told or yeah, it's like a kind of come from a source. I find that difficult sometimes to, and I think it gets him in trouble because he gets, you know, people say, oh, you said this and becomes all this. But what I like about, um, <clears throat> sorry, uh, what I like about Shobra Sap is that he generally sort of tries to get three or four different sources yeah. to confirm, you know, whatever information he's been given or story he's running. And, of course, that's what a, a proper journalist is, should do is, you you know, you verify what you've been told with different people. Yeah. Um, obviously, who had Dave... <sighs> I don't know, maybe he didn't do that in the case of Enzo and Cass. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, 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 Dave, if, Dave got, if he got that from the source, like the source, like Enzo and Cass, yeah. like, and, and that's if, I'm, you know, if, if we're assuming that, because I, I can't imagine he got it from inside WWE. I find it virtually impossible. No. So if he got it from the horse's mouth, then you can understand why he might have run it. But he still probably should have thought to himself, why, why, would, why would why would they come to me with it? So it's a tricky one, and and, it go, and like you said as well, with him saying stuff on his radio show, and the next thing you know, it's being reported around all the dirt sheets and the websites. Um, unfortunately, as his status has, and he has been for a long time, the the, the top, uh, either the top journalist or the most recognisable one, he that that's what that, unfortunately that's going to happen to him, and that's not always his fault. Do you know what I mean? Like people were yeah, are, yeah, are, are, are reading into his words, so I I kind of feel for him in that regard. But at the same time, I think um, this past year is probably was one of the first times in the long times you could look back at multiple occasions where you think, eh, it wasn't yeah. not your best work, Dave. But, you know, I still respect him greatly as a, as a historian of the business, for sure. Yeah, you know, just to be in that, like, kind of wrestling journalism and reporting for such a long time is d- difficult because, mm. and like, even going back to the person that we were alluding to you're right he goes for like shock value and and clicks to try and gain his attention or reputation whatever you want to call it but i feel like that's quite a short shelf life because eventually people kind of work you out and the more people are calling him out whether it's wrestlers or other journalists or people or people are just kind of seeing through it it's you know that's you're going to get found out if you just go on your computer and literally just make, you know, just guess and make yeah. up whatever you're going to make up. And I think, you know, like you say, in this day and age with social media and internet, there's no such thing as a casual fan. If you like wrestling or you're passionate about wrestling or you just really enjoy it, you can go onto the internet to hundreds of sites and find out rumours news storyline plans what you know speculation whatever it may be and you could make an educated guess of what is going to happen yeah i feel and i feel that he's kind of built 
you know, and there's a few others too, but, um, you know, took yeah. primarily focusing on him. He, he, that's kind of what he's built himself off. And, uh, you know, it is, it's so funny, the the loyalists you'll get on Twitter that say, oh, no, no, he is good. And I think, I I, 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 do, I never want to get dragged into, um, like, mudslinging matches and all, yeah, yeah. All, all respect to anyone who's either going to chase their dreams or, you know, their goals. I, I endorse that wholeheartedly, but I just don't feel like he, I feel like it's very disingenuous what he's doing. Um, and the way he likes to slander other journalists when he, when he writes something also bugs me. Like the, the I'm just going to come out. I, I, I'm not going to dance around it anymore. That Brad Shepard right. himself, when he did, and this is just an example. This is why I'm going to name him on this one example. When he, mm-hmm. he claimed to have got the Sasha Banks, stuff right okay and then yeah you know the fa- fans are not stupid like on reddit the next day there was literally like nine screenshots of when he else he had said that right so he nine times he'd got it wrong but but then once when you know it just so happened that he, he obviously guessed again and she she did turn up and then he, he did this long tweet where he like slated people like ryan slatin and uh sean ross i think pollock even got a slate in and everyone as if like I was like, who does that? Like, <laughs> I couldn't like, understand yeah. the whole, you know, it, it, I, and I, I don't ever think that your success should be defined by anyone else's failure or anything like that. And all those kind of mantras, like, you know, do your own thing. That's fine. But, but don't, you know, he got, he got lucky once and then he's, he's crapping on everyone else. I really, I really found it this, this taste. It, that was the time where I thought to myself, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to just ignore or pretend you don't exist anymore. Like I, I actively dislike <laughs> this journalist. Yeah. Um, you know, I just it's don't, weird I don't, though, that's not me. the way to, that's not the way to behave. But anyway. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, but it's weird to me that, that he, he's like so blatant and, you know, he's like you say with the Sasha Bank thing, because it's not difficult for people to do what they did and go back and look at how many times he said it, which like you say, it was like nine. It was probably more because he was saying at every pay-per-view, mm. she's coming back tonight. She's And it's like, you know, eventually she's going to come back. Yeah. Or she's well, not. But Sorry, I was going to say, you're, you're I was right. I just going to say, you... there's still no need to, to get into, you know, trying to get one over on other people, making out that they've somehow failed. Or, no, you know, they, do you know what I mean? They're your, like, they're, they're your peers. Do you know, at the end of the day, it's it's competitive to a de- to a degree, but it's not. Do you know what I mean? That's not the environment that. That's a toxic environment to promote. It really is, um, and I yeah. I don't really see what it, what he was trying to gain. You've said it yourself. People have begun to fi- figure him out. Uh, I find it staggering that he even still has the audacity to post stuff. Honestly, I'd if I was him I, and I'd had so many people shut me down. Um, he, you know, he's had several a handful of WWE superstars actively say that's rubbish. Um, I'd yeah. be more, I'd be mortified if that happened to me once, mortified, like, like truly embarrassed that, that you know I claim to be a real journalist and that's what happened to me. I would be really, really embarrassed. So, and that's not to, again, that goes back. To anyone, everyone's going to have wrong reports in this business at some point, right? But it's it's the reports that he goes after, like, uh, like the one where he said Rusev was leaving. Well, look at that now. You know, yeah. it's just silly stuff. It really is. But there you go. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Like, because it's, you know, it's uh, supposedly it's his job and he's being actively called out for doing it, not just badly, but offensively as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and still has the goal to keep doing it. And I think he launched a Patreon I saw the other day and I was like, Jesus. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, I, it's, and when the, the superstars are responding to him and stuff, whether we like it or not, it kind of reflects, it kind of it can't yeah, but it kind of reflects badly on all of us because it's like uh, yeah, it, it's yeah. almost it's almost like that it's a it's our profession and he's somehow looking like he's a part of it, but but he's he's not. I said this the other day; he's really not. He doesn't do the same jobs that we do to any degree. No, and the thing is, is when you've got people who generally. Uh, wrestling fans who just don't trust any wrestling journalism and then they see Rusev calling out him, they do lump everybody and they say oh the dirt sheets and wrestling journalism isn't a real thing or you know whatever it may be Um, okay so we've given him enough 
Yeah, I was about to say, I don't want to talk Never about it anymore. Anyone <laughs> yeah. Just brings brings the conversation down. Yeah. Um, so, AEW announced their UK TV deal. Um, right. <laughs> to me, um, yeah. I'm not a wrestling journalist, um, just a wrestling fan, and I talk about wrestling sometimes. I think it's terrible. And I think the reason it's terrible is that it was sold as one thing to fans. And then when it's come out, it's kind of been, oh, there you go. And it's complete opposite to what you were kind of promised for a very long time. Or maybe not promised, maybe promised is the wrong word. But certainly it was intimated clearly that it was going to be on you know, ITV or ITV4 live. And then to get this, I feel like it's a bit of a slap in the face. Whereas if at the start they'd said it's going to be live on Fight TV for four ninety nine, but also it's going to be on free TV, highlights or an early morning edited version, people would have been really, really happy with that because you wouldn't have to buy, people who haven't got Sky, wouldn't have to buy Sky or BT Sport to get it. And also it's like five a month. But I feel like it was the way people felt misled rather than the deal being terrible. And it's yeah. their first misstep, I think. I think um, you're exactly right. Ob- objectively speaking, it's not a good deal. And that's I-, I say that in comparison to, again, what you said was intimated. You know, Cody Rhodes is sitting there at Starcast. He's since now claimed that it was like a comedy panel. And they, you know, as if to say that what he was saying wasn't serious, but I dispute that. But he said that they had a better UK TV deal than WWE. Now, he might still say, and I've seen him tweet, that $5 is a good deal. Sure, like, I, I can understand where he's coming from. And again, if that was the original pitch, then I feel like people would have gone for it more. But just take, just take this into, into account. The way the announcements came out the other day, okay? So first of all... We've got some ITV scheduler who's like dropping the news for for some unknown reason. He decides to drop the news, right? Um, it, immediately, I inbox Matt Jackson with with that tweet, and I was like, "Really? <laughs> is this is this what's is this what's happening?" Um, and and you you look at he he had to delete those tweets, okay? So it's very clear it's very clear how AEW felt about that. Then ITV come with the announcement. Yep, yeah, we're going to have you every Sunday. 8.40, I think it's 8.20, sorry, a.m. And then everyone's like, wait, what? Like, it's, it's one thing to get it, like, the day after, but four days, you know, four days yeah. later. Um, and, that's what, and that's what I said in a tweet, you know, before Tony Khan then, re- then responds to that, you're thinking, so I'm going to watch an episode of Dynamite after a pay-per-view that builds to that pay-per-view. That makes no sense. And then Tony Khan is then forced to be in a position where he says, he gives a very vague promise of, oh, but there will be a live show the week of pay-per-views. How confusing is that for a new brand? Do you know what I mean? To have, yeah. yep, so you find it here every week. Oh, but not this week. Not on these intermittent weeks when we have pay-per-views. Then you have to find it somewhere else, which we don't know yet. I can't tell you for sure when and where that is, but it will be. Do you know what I mean? It's just a bit... And also when you're trying to build, you're trying to get new fans. Yeah. You're trying to get lapsed WWE fans, particularly in the UK, people who don't watch WWE live because it's on Sky. You're trying to get all those lapsed fans and those fans who've perhaps drifted out of it. And then it's kind of like you're not going to get them if they're watching every week and then suddenly they go to watch it. Oh, it's not on because it was on two days earlier. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's it, it, I, as I said with the announcement as well, and then you know, Tony Khan then has to come out again later. So, so this is what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't. It clearly wasn't the original plan. The way these, they're like, it was like they were scrambling, right? So they've done yeah. these these announcements have come out, and then they're like, and then later on that day. So you would have thought the first thing Tony Khan would have said to these to these uh, rumors and, and ITV's announcement is, "Yep, yeah, but you can get it live on Fight." That would have been the thing, right, straight away. But they didn't. And then it, so later that day, he he then comes out and says, "Yeah, internationally, you can get it on Fight now." You know, five ninety nine or two ninety nine an episode, or four ninety nine. Sorry, I don't, I can't remember. One ninety nine maybe per episode. Yeah, two ninety nine per. Two ninety nine. 
And then it was like, uh, you know, and, and that's just brought full circle the whole mess of that day where they literally had just been scrambling from one announcement to the next, trying to make the best of it. Now, what I will say for that is I, I want AEW to prosper really bad. Like I, I feel like every improvement we've seen in WWE lately has probably been a direct result of AEW's inception. Okay. And yes, Vincent Mann stepping away to the XFL and handing the reins to the likes of Heyman, Bischoff and Triple H's NXT. All of those things are factors. Okay. But AEW providing that competition on a Wednesday and all things like that. I really feel like that's helps WWE step up, which I appreciate. And AEW themselves, the shows that I've watched have been good. Um, so I, obviously I want, who doesn't want them to do well? It's just the way this has been announced and Tony Khan has, and, and the Young Bucks, for that matter, have both said to me personally, and Cody Rhodes in Vegas, actually, the UK is like their, their second market. Like, there's a big market for them to concentrate on. If that is the case, they haven't done it very well, I'm afraid, to begin with. Um, and I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that they bounce back with a fantastic first episode. That, that's what I want. Yeah, the, um, it's, the elite as a group a massive, you know, in the UK, they're really, really, really well known. They're really big to wrestling fans, and it did, like you, you used the perfect word. It felt like they were scrambling. Um, I feel like uh, Tony, in his because he obviously wasn't prepared for the order that things were released. I feel like he made it worse for a little bit because, like you say, he didn't mention the fight TV part initially and then i think one of the first uh press releases or tweets about fight seemed to indicate that the uk wasn't included in it and then i think that was quickly sort of amended um and then also he then said about the 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 adverts being the the main issue um which I found it quite interesting that I think you retweeted it actually. Um, a guy called I forget his name, uh, Will. I think it was Will Cooling on Twitter. Yes, made a thread of uh, basically Ofcom's guidance on adverts, um, and was talking about Sky and some other stuff. And it, what Tony Khan had said wasn't correct, which again kind of just makes you feel as a fan. A bit like, well, what's the reason? Yeah. I think, personally, yeah. I think is that ITV don't want to put it on live at the moment. And I think that they pick the time slot. Um, and I, you know, I'm just guessing. I don't have any sources, don't have any contacts. And then I think that AEW basically have to make a decision where do we want to be on ITV in some form? Yes. So we need to find a way to be able to have fans watch it live as well. And this is kind of the compromise. So, <clears throat> like, I'm the same as you. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm the same as you. I want them to succeed because I think the better AEW is, the better NXT will be, the better NXT will be, the better Raw and SmackDown will be. It'll all be better with competition, you would think. Yeah, it's I... just the way they went about doing it and then explaining it afterwards didn't really help i don't think yeah i mean in all of my dealings with tony khan he doesn't strike me as a as a as a disingenuous guy like no uh, you know and obviously that that guy's fred did dispel a lot of what he said so it left me a bit like huh like there, i mean there must be something that you know and i've spoken to someone from itv who didn't really didn't give me much but essentially what i do know is the a the original do aw thought they had they that then did not happen, right? So when Cody Rhodes is talking at Starcast, at that time he believes what he's saying. Like as far as he yeah. knew, as far as he knew, that's the deal they had. All I know is that that deal changed. I don't know why. Um, if I was to speculate, and I must stress it's speculation, it's going to have something to do with the numbers that um, as they've done on the box office with them thus far. I'm going to assume because um, that's really the only metric they could go on at this point. No. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's it's just it, it was just a bit of a cluster. Um and you know, I feel for them, they're getting off the ground, you know, it's not like I guess we're all used to WWE because WWE's production and things like this is like airtight. They've been doing it for so long, they have such a vast network and you know, a huge, huge staff. 
you know you have to remember AEW is still getting off the ground and even getting TNT sorted out in America was a huge coup. Uh, you know, for them to figure out international broadcast deals on top of that with very little to sell. Yeah, in in practice, they have got very little to sell. They can't say we're going to bring you these numbers like WWE no. could. Um, they've they've done extremely well. You know, when you when you actually look at it like that, they have done extremely well. Oh yeah, I think to get a UK deal in like if you look at in Canada, like I think UK fans often lump in kind of Canadian TV deals and that sort of thing with the US deal. Yeah. But in fact, it's completely separate. And as far as I'm aware, they still haven't. The Canadian fans still don't know where they're going to watch it and how, you know, a few days out. So it shows you how difficult it is because I suppose it's like, it's like a a TV pilot, isn't it? They've Mm. got other than, you know, some big names from the wrestling world. Let's, you know, let's not pretend like, in terms of the wider world audience, maybe Chris Jericho and John Moxley are kind of well-known. The rest are only well-known to wrestling fans, which, you know, is great for, 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 for us wrestling fans. But in terms of TV companies, unless they've got kind of wrestling fans in those positions who are making those decisions, it's going to be quite a hard sell for them. To yeah. you know, to get the deals in place and get them done and get them sorted, um, and you're right, they've done a very good job. Um, so NXT's ratings went down slightly, which I think I was kind of expecting them to drop a little bit this week, simply yes. because I didn't think they were going to do a lot this week in terms of massive huge angles because obviously they're saving it all for next week um are you surprised by the rating dropping i i still think um triple h and co will be pleased with with over a million um you know i, I think that's a good number for them out of the gate and i i, I honestly can't really predict what AEW is going to do um but if they were hoping to prize away viewers from WWE, then NXT show next week is, man, that's a hard sell because that is a stacked show. It's a takeover worthy show. Um, yeah. So if AEW did in and around a million, they're, they're probably more looking at between 500k and a million, I think, for their first show. Um, people think AEW might get stronger with time, and I can see why. But um, for WWE, I, I think they probably expected a little drop-off, but it would be very, very interesting to see what the combined metrics are next week. Because back in the Monday yeah. Night Wars, people used to say, oh, so, you know, WWE had, you know, I'm just going to say, like a 5.2, and WCW had a 4.6. Therefore, we've got, you know, like 9.8 million people watching wrestling. Well, that's not strictly true because people channel flip, right? You yeah. might what you might be watching both. So um, it'll be very interesting to see if AEW's debut detracts from WWE, or will it right? Will it help them both rise? You know what I'm saying? Maybe people will be so interested to yeah. see both. Um, so you know, it's it's very interesting. I I I still think. Having spoken to Triple H before the launch, and he didn't want to commit to a number, but above a million was he was. I think he was always going to be happy. So for now, I think that's that's good ground for for NXT, and they're not going to be worried about a slight drop. The premiere, as Raw has been um, showcased as next week, and then you got Fox. Those things are always expected to do good numbers. So yeah. I don't think I don't think by comparison they're going to they're going to worry too much. I just think like a million viewers for NXT is fantastic. I think it's a good, you know, it's a good uh, a good rating, a good amount of people watching. And if they can ultimately, if they, it's about what they've got in you know ten weeks' time, if they can sustain like over a million viewers. For a long period of time, I think that's a success. Um, now it's a bit more difficult for AEW in terms of what you judge as success because they're completely new. Um, so I, I do think it's quite difficult to 
you know what's good and what's not good what's you know what would be termed as a failure what isn't because ultimately it doesn't matter if they've got 200,000 people watching the first show if they've got 1.5 million people watching in 10 weeks time because they've built up a you know intrigue with their storylines and buzz with their you know their brand or whatever you want to call it so it's they like uh, if it was me and i was AEW or nxt i would be thinking kind of long term rather than popping a rate in for the first few weeks if that makes sense yeah for sure and you've got to look at nxt and say the wwe network has around two million subscribers around that number so for them to translate their number one show which it was number one live show nxt number two is nxt uk you translate that to cable television and get a million out of the gate that's good that is good like if if the, if anything they, they might have accepted a drop off of a few more hundred thousand than what they did so yeah um i think that's that's a very good sign moving forward and and like i said for the health of the wrestling business i feel like it's good yeah it'd be nice to see a real uh a real boom of uh you know both both shows doing like a million plus would be amazing because mm. that just means that that everything's going well and i do think that if those two shows are doing well for instance you know just for an example if they were both doing like a million plus that raw and smackdown would also grow as well because i just feel that there would be a general buzz around wrestling again um, and that's only good for everyone you know fans the workers the companies everything involved um, I just wanted to quickly talk to you about uh, NXT UK. I saw yesterday you spoke to uh, Joe Coffey, was it? It was, yeah. I literally just posted that before we, we started this chat. So you'll be able to find it on my Twitter uh, as soon as I get off this call, essentially. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's you know they're, they're obviously coming to Essex for the first time next week. So a bit of media going on with NXT UK. I'm going to be going to the Performance Centre next Thursday grab some chats. Um, so it's, it's great. I mean, that's a good thing about the NXT UK brand is they're really like hungry. Um, you know, that they're keen to, to get the message out there and be seen and, and chat to you. So I've found it really great since that brand's been built. Um, the opportunities for me to go there, do some stuff. Like I went there a few months ago and trained with British Strong Style, um, which was ridiculously hard. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it was great too. Like, you know, just thinking to be afforded that opportunity is, uh, yeah, is rare, you know, so rare. So it, the things that NXT UK doing, and, and essentially that's the reason I, I got to have such a sit down with Triple H um, is probably because I've, I've covered NXT UK extensively since it started. Um, so hopefully, you know, through that vehicle, I'll be able to talk to the likes of Shawn Michaels and, you know, William Regal and, uh, you know, both men I've spoken to before, but not at length. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's big, yeah. There's, there's a big difference between grabbing a couple of minutes or maybe a conference call and actually sitting down with someone for 20 minutes. Um, you know, w- before I did that interview with Triple H, I was driving myself crazy, thinking, God, like, I need to. What if I don't? What if I? What if I, I, I didn't want to like come away from it? Ah, oh, I should have asked that. Do you know what I mean? Because how, yeah, how yeah, many? How many? How many chances are you going to get? So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like that's a brand that's moving in the right direction. And it's always going to be hard for them because I think same with 205 Live. Sometimes there's that stigma of like the, the littlest brand. Do you know what I mean? Because the rest of them are yeah, so yeah. established now. Um, but I feel like with the, the takeovers that people are realising like, yes, there, there is a hell of a lot of talent there. Yeah, the NXT UK, I feel like they've made a real improvement over the last sort of few months. Since, since the Blackpool takeover onwards, I feel like the TV shows got better. I feel like they've their storylines have got better. I feel like the also they've got a bit of momentum going. Um, obviously bringing in like Walter and Imperium is obviously that helps with you know everything in terms of ring work and storyline. Um, but we we talked about the the negatives of wrestling journalism, but um, I just wanted to finish off really with the positives of it. In that over the last say what's that summer slam week since since summer slam weekend um we've got people like yourself speaking to triple h getting access to you know all sorts of 
people like Joe Coffey and other. I've seen a few interviews with different people. Um, obviously, over in Toronto, over SummerSlam weekend, Sean Ross Sapp was given access to the New Day, and he interviewed loads of different people for Fightful and a few other journalists. Um, that has been a long time coming uh, because over the years, the WWE particularly has kind of shied away from, uh, you know, from from wrestling uh, kind of publications and websites in terms of, you know, they would tend to give their interviews to Sports Illustrated or yes, things yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I do think that a large part of that is Triple H because obviously the conference calls after the takeovers where those, you know, those people are in on those calls, obviously has then developed into more, whether it's because of Triple H or other people or, you know, whatever it may be. But I am very happy to see it because that's what you want as a wrestling fan. You want the people who are reporting on these subjects to be able to interview the people. And if there is a story, they can reach out to those people and say, this is the story, you know, this is what, has been reported or this is what's being told you know can you give uh, an opinion a quote whatever it may be um, yeah and that's how it should be really yeah and i think in this age of um of reporting or journalism however you want to phrase it it's been a long time coming because the the, the wrestling uh you know it, it, even the term dirt sheets i always find a bit disparaging because essentially it we we have lived in an age for so long of just rumors you know what I mean? Like people yeah. reporting rumors. Um, there's not much straight from the horse's mouth. So, um, and that's, and again, when I got the opportunity to sit with Triple H and even the Young Bucks, like I, I will post to them things that have been reported or rumors so that you know, like, you know, and, and whether you believe them or not is up to you, but it's at least you've got it from the horse's mouth. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And I, and I feel like that's, that's important. And that's something that I've been able to, um, make my my own kind of uh, niche you know here in the uk and there's a lot of guys doing well like the guys at sports Kida um have really impressed me recently they think made a big improvement haven't they? yeah for sure i think tom colligue and daniel wood and people like that um i i i uh, i'm sorry gary cassidy as well there's a there's a lot of of good guys there that are pretty much you you know uk based but doing great work um you know that, that i i met a lot of them in cardiff as well um there's various people around really uh, who else who else i want to give a shout out to like neil docking at the mirror is pretty good um jeff uh jefferson lake is a sky sports editor but a great guy and, and really good at his job um sky sports wwe editor i should say um yeah and they're, they're, like i said you, obviously i mean everyone knows about cartaholic and and um, and what culture they're obviously a different brand of wrestling yeah. uh, reporting as it were but still uh, very good at what they do. So the UK is is uh, is a hotbed for that at the moment. I like to think of myself in that niche, do, you know, kind of um, doing my own thing in, in terms of interviews and providing stuff firsthand, you know, rather than speculating. That I don't want to, yeah. you know, I feel like there's enough people in the industry that do that. Um, but going back to what you said about Triple H, I, I literally 100% agree. Before you actually made that point, I had it in my head that that was what I was going to answer you with. I feel that he understands better than most um, the the need to to get the message directly out to the to the outlets. Um, when I yeah. went to Double or Nothing, and I was so surprised when they were like, "Okay, so after the show, they they walked us into this room, and literally everyone, all the biggest stars on the show, were in there. The only one who wasn't there was Kenny Omega because he busted his nose. But other than that, everyone was there. Jericho's there." You know, the Young Bucks are there, Cody's there, Tony Khan's there. I'm thinking, God, imagine if we were in WWE, like, and you went in, you know, it's unheard of. I've been to like SummerSlam, WrestleManias. You wouldn't just get immediate access to them straight after in like a scrum type setting. Like, imagine Vince McMahon going, yeah, I'll take your questions. Like, you know, and, and, I, and I get it that AEW is different um, and it, you know, it's a different animal. But still, I thought it was really refreshing that they took that approach. And I feel like, Triple H, obviously, with NXT and, and the takeovers and, and whatnot and his willingness to do media, he, he understands, you know, that he's helping his brands grow by putting himself out there and he's making them available so that they can get the message out there too. And he knows it's important. You know, it, it, you, you mentioned Sean Ross and Fightful, right? 
Um, when I first went to WrestleMania, which was 33, was the first one I reported on. It was just mainly big outlets. Do you know what I mean? It was it was mainly partners, yeah. partners and things like internationals. You didn't really get the wrestling uh, guys. You know, even on the conference call now, I, f- I find it so amusing. I was on one with Triple H. Um, I think it was ahead of the first episode. Not last Wednesday, the ones one before. So maybe it was the Tuesday. And and then he's talking to Dave Meltzer on there, and I'm and I'm finding it so amusing because he he'd cut Meltzer down like ten days ago. Yeah, but you know it's, it's that's that's the way the the world works. You know, you know, Mike Johnson's on that call as well, and him and Triple H got into it after the last takeover. So it's that's just the the nature of the world, and I feel like it's really cool that WWE don't then go right. No more Mike Johnson. No more Meltzer. Do you know what I mean? Yes. They're giving they're giving everyone yes. a voice. And, uh, and Triple H is very smart to do that. Very smart. Because it, it wasn't that long ago, you know, t- t- I don't know, six, seven years ago, people were like Triple H and his golden shovel. Triple H, the burial oh, yeah. king. And now he's like the saviour of the industry. Do you know what I mean? So it's so crazy how that happens. But, um, you know, objectively speaking, obviously I appreciate and respect Triple H uh, do it, and take that a step further, WWE and AEW. And I think both of them, have acknowledged how important the media can be in today's landscape. Yeah, and with you know with social media now is look look what the young bucks have done with you know basically YouTube and being indie wrestlers, they grew themselves into this massive thing that made so much money from merchandise selling their own merch that they were able to you know. Even if you take out the AEW thing, they could have stayed on the indies and made enough money selling merch and working in, you know, New Japan because of their reputation and Ring of Honor and all the indies, and they could have made enough money to live comfortably for a very, very long time. Yeah. And they did that with basically social media and a YouTube channel and obviously, you know, the wrestling companies which they've worked for. Um, and I think they were they they were very quick to cotton on to the benefits of using social media to you know get your character get, get your act get your everything over with fans and reach people you can reach people from all over the world if you're good at it so it's it's about using that yeah and I, and I think that that works both ways like you know in the media we we mentioned Cutaholic and and that as well people that are really good at the the recap shows and and you know podcasts like yourself it's all got a place in the medium um and wrestling fans as you know it goes right back to the first thing we said very hungry for content and different ways to take it in um you know me writing out the full interviews i do with people is almost a throwback people don't really do that now right like like it's normally like one line one line or two um so it's all i i find though that the fans are so hungry to, to digest content in so many different ways um, that it is a great time for, for wrestling. It really, really is. Um, I'm very interested to see what BT Sport are going to do with WWE when they get hold of it. Um, I've heard some mumblings that I, I can't really detail at the moment, but it sounds exciting. Certainly more than Sky had done with it anyway. And then, um, you know, you look at the different places in the media and all the outlets that we have now and all the wrestling. It's a great marriage. It really is. I'm, I'm really excited for that, for that part of the business. Oh, um, yeah. You know, there's going to be so many more opportunities for us down the road. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very exciting couple of years. Even if it kind of, even if worst case scenario and it kind of fizzles out and doesn't really go where we all hope it goes, it'll be a really fun, entertaining couple of years. But I'd like to think that it's, you know, we're about to embark on a kind of long long-term boom period for wrestling and hopefully that's my hope too my friend that's my hope indeed so um just wanted to ask you a couple of really quick questions they're like just almost one one word answer questions okay um who do you think will win the aew tag team tournament Um... and who do you think should I really like Private Party and I know the Young Bucks are high on them. Um, 
you know, it's funny when I was discussing with them and we were saying that it must be so hard to book themselves because I, I would, if the Young Bucks weren't the chief executives, I'd say they should win it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so I guess if you take that out of the equation, I would say the Young Bucks because um, it's similar to like Jericho. They're like, they're more established than the other teams. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Private Party came through. Yeah, I, 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 similar. I, ish, to me, all kind of booking sense is that it should be the young bucks, and then you have someone chase to establish them. Yes, but I do think that either private party, possibly the Jurassic Express or whatever it is, could possibly yeah. be another Lut- outsider because they're Lut- so popular. Luchasaurus is great. Yeah, he's going to be a big, <laughs> big star. Um, okay, Alex, thank you for joining me. Tell uh, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and where they can find your podcast. So you can uh, find me at Alex M underscore Talksport on Twitter, um, providing you with your daily wrestling uh, news. I'm going to call it uh, and interviews. And I obviously represent the Pro Wrestling Show, which again. On Twitter, uh, I believe is Pro Wrestle Show, all one word, and you can find our actual podcast at Acast and all the other ones that it distributes to. So, uh, yeah, we're 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 always producing content, and I'm hoping to have more news for you in other ways. We're going to be doing that in the near future. Um, there's just some things to work out with Talksport, but hopefully there'll be something going on with YouTube in the near future. But uh, other than that, yeah, keep just keep your eyes peeled. Um, plenty of interviews over the next week or so. So. Lots, lots to take in. Excellent. Cool. Uh, guys, you can find me on Twitter at AceCast underscore nation, Facebook.com slash AceCast nation, and uh, YouTube.com slash AcePodcast nation for the videos and audio at all the usual podcast providers. Thank you, Alex, for joining me, mate. I really, really appreciate your time. Simon, thank you very and, much, uh, bud. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, you're welcome back anytime, mate. Always good to talk wrestling. I'm sure we'll hook up again in the near future, mate. There's going to be enough to talk about. Oh, yeah, indeed. And, uh, guys, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Podcast Network.